0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me if you're able, as we we'll come together and worship through song. Je... I will keep on singing, 10,000 reasons for my heart to find, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. straight. Right now. Your holy day. Please be seated.
1: Good morning. I hope you all had a great holiday. But as I said in that song, if you're a Christian, you're one day closer to being home. However, at the same time, if you know someone who's not a Christian, like the one you're praying for, they're one day closer. To living a life without Jesus. We need to do what we need to do to see them come to know Jesus as Savior. What a joyous occasion that would be. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you guide and direct us in all that we do today. We pray for this time of worship that you can help us to rejoice in knowing you as Savior. Pray that those who don't know you might make that decision today. And for anything that we need to do for you, we pray that this would be the day that you lead us in that direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Good morning, Church. Good morning. Ooh, let's try that one more time. Good morning, church. Good morning. Oh, that was much better. And good morning to those of you online. I am here for your wonderful morning announcements. Um, got a few things going on. First of all, on Monday at six pm, there will be Deacons meeting. Along with that on Wednesday at six thirty is our prayer and share over in the other building in the chapel. The next one's an exciting one. Be there. Thursday is the food pantry day from 9 to 11 a.m. If you have any questions, you can see Charlie or Jeanette Baker. They would love for you to be there. It's always a good time. So if you have time to help, please come and help them. Next Sunday um, starts our Lottie Moon week of prayer. So be in prayer this week um, as we start our season of Advent and we start our week of prayer um, about that and what Jesus has in store for that. Also, Put on your calendar December 10th, because it is going to be a fun day here at Emanuel Baptist Church. So it is a fun-filled day at that. First of all, right after church service on December 10th, we are having our Christmas celebration, and that is for all church members, Um, bring your friends, and with that, we are asking, actually not we, Kim Brimmer and the committee are asking that you wear your most festive clothing I teach in a public high school. You don't want to see my festive clothing because I go all out. So be here for that. That'll be fun. Um, There will be a meal provided as well that day um, and lots of fun and games. Anytime Kim's involved, there's always some kind of fun and games. So that will be a great time. Then after that, the youth are taking off and we are going to go Christmas shopping for our CAC um, students. Our youth adopt 10 students every year from the East St. Louis Christian Activity Center. And by your gracious donations, we go and shop for them and provide them with Christmas that they may not get. So we will take off. We're going to go to Jerseyville and do that. And then we're going to return to the church around 6 o'clock. And we're going to have pizza. And we'd like for you, if you can wrap a present come back and help us wrap that evening december 10th we're going to be wrapping around six o'clock we will have food as well because if you know youth if you feed them they're a lot happier so i keep them well fed um but they they are good with feeding they are not always good with wrapping okay so we need some adults help there to guide us Um, So it doesn't just end up in trash bags and that's how it ends. So please, um, also with that though, I ask um, as one of the youth leaders, be in prayer um, for our CAC individuals. Um, It really touches our youth's hearts that they can make a difference in another child's life in East St. Louis, but um, the Christian Activity Center always needs our prayer. So keep them in your prayer as well. And with that, I think that's all the announcements I have. We are going to be watching um, a Lottie Moon video now.
0: виїжли на десятий день війни і це був самй початок. рішення прийняв чоловік відправити нас я їхала сама вся родина залишилася вдома. ми в безпеці так і звичайно перші слова чоловіку, що ми у безпеці вже все ми на місці, ми у Польщі, нас добре прийняли.
1: Poland brought in the most refugees out of any country and through that the Lord opened the door for us to open a refugee center.
2: People stay in the house anywhere from 2 days to long term. We have one lady that's been there almost since it opened and is there currently.
0: Так, цей дім згоді мене став як другий дім, тому що ми майже рік тут Колі Крістіна нас зустріла, ну, тобто реально так я знову відчула, що я в безпеці, і мені необхідно було бути і серед людей, тому що, ну, також важкі часи, якось well, I would like to hear what you think
1: about having someone like Kali in the house.
2: We started Bible study at the center, and one of the ladies one night was sharing with me that her family was against her. Um, studying religion or knowing anything about it and she didn't know which one was true and she said so I just prayed and asked God if he would show me which one is true which one should I believe what can I believe but then the war happened and I came here and she's like and then I realized that that God led me here and he led me to you and so she's like and now I get to study the Bible and now I can learn those are the days that you leave super encouraged about what the Lord is doing so those are good days
3: I want to thank the churches of the Southern Baptist Convention for sending your missionaries and your support to Ukraine. I came to know Jesus Christ because of a Southern Baptist missionary. I began to grow as a Christian because of a Southern Baptist missionary. And we have served with the missionaries from the IMB over all these years. I planted my church. I was in this church with a missionary from the IMB ordaining me. And right now, when the war in Ukraine began, my wife, she had to walk across the border from Ukraine into Romania. And the first people who met her on that other side were our dear friends from the IMB. They were able to welcome her, to give her a hug, to give her a hot cup of tea, and to send her further. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your presence with us around the world. God bless you abundantly.
0: great to see God's constantly at work. And it's always a nice reminder of where God's always working in the world, whether we're aware of it or not, he's constantly working in the people and drawing more people to him. So it's always great to have those opportunities to be able to share Christ through those opportunities and and to share his love. So please stand with me as we continue to sing about that love. eyes are turning to you we turn to you Face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna! Hosanna! You are the God who saves us, worthy of all. Hear the sound of hearts returning to you We turn to you In your kingdom broken lives are made you make us new cause when we see you we find strength to face the day and in your presence all our fears are washed away washed away Hosanna Hosanna you are the God who saved worthy of all our praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus, cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. in your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away, Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. How can you hear lord jesus
2: rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you
0: Joy to the world the Lord is come.
1: All right, we sang Joy to the World, love that, right? Um, Today we're going to be in 2 Timothy, the second chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 2, the last part of the chapter. We covered the first part of that last week, we're going to cover the last part this week. So as we walk through this, this is Paul's letter, Paul's in prison in Rome. And he's writing a letter to a guy by the name of Timothy, a guy who he's worked for before in Ephesus. And Timothy is likely at Ephesus at this time. And so he writes to him. And what he's trying to do is pass that baton. Okay, I want you to understand, I'm going to, and he's going to say that I'm ready, right? We're going to read that in a little bit. He, he tells him the things that he needs to know to carry on the ministry. Because this is about the gospel. This is not about Paul. It's not about Timothy. We, you know, I I made that mention that as Paul passed the baton to Timothy, we've essentially taken hold of that baton too. It wasn't about Paul, it wasn't about Timothy, it's about the gospel. And so when we take that gospel, when we're praying for people to to know Jesus, we're going to be part of what God is doing, then we've taken that baton essentially from from the hand of Jesus that went through Paul, etc., like that. So here we are. I want to talk a little bit about Little League. I know it's not Little League season, okay? But I, I'm going to tell you that this, when I'm thinking of what we're trying to, what I'm trying to describe today, this story just pops into my mind. And every once in a while, I just, I just replay it in, in my mind. Now, for a little while, when Daniel was in, in grade school, I ended up being his his. Coach, okay? Adam actually helped one year. And uh, I, I, you know, I gave all, Adam all the bad jobs. No, Adam, Adam had to teach the catchers how to do things because that's what he'd done in high school. But there was the, the one year that we were coaching and we were in shipment on the field. I can still picture it in my mind. And we've got this little boy that, that's playing with us, and, and he, like all of them, right? They're learning how to play the game. And so we've got, this is in the era of, of um, oh, Big Mac, okay? And, uh, we're, we're, and, and and the guy from the Cubs, too. Help me out. Mark McGuire, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, okay? That was in the era. These kids were going home and watching Mark McGuire. You to know, help me out later on, too, okay? Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were hitting home runs like nobody's business. Okay, that's what they were doing. And so guess what the kids wanted to be? They wanted to be Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. So they would go up there and they'd swing, and they would sing straight up. Well, you're trying to work with them on how to swing and how to do things and and what to do there. And I'm talking to this little kid, and he's not doing what I'm asking him to do. And, and And I can't figure out what's going on. It takes me a while, right, to figure out what's going on. Then I discover that this is what's going on. His mama, okay, who tells him how to do everything else, is on the other side of the fence, telling him to do everything that I'm telling him not to do. <laughs> okay, so this is, the, this is the situation the kid's got himself in. Do I listen to coach or do I listen to mom? I live with mom, okay? It's kind of it's how it worked out. But, but I, you know, think about that for a moment because as we're trying to coach the kid, there was somebody, you go watch Little League this later this, this well, next spring, okay? You go, watch, you go watch basketball. There's somebody in the stands telling somebody how to do something, okay? It's just how it works out. And so as we were coaching, as I was coaching this little boy, his mom was there telling him to do something different, and I wasn't getting his attention. So you're not the only voice they hear, okay? Think, that, think about that for a moment. It's, we're, we're, talking, we're not talking Little League anymore, but that was a great example. You're not the only one that they are listening to. Sometimes the other voice that they're listening to is a trusted voice in their life. Now that's what Paul is speaking into in the situation as he's trying to address Timothy as he's leaning in and leading these other men so that he can pass off the baton to them He has to to prepare them for for the the enemy uh, that they're facing, okay? For the enemy that he's facing, and the enemy is inside the church. So let's look at here we are in 2 Timothy, verse 14 is where we'll start at. Remind them of these things, and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hermanius and Philetus men who have gone astray from the truth saying that the resurrection has already taken place and they upset the faith of some nevertheless the firm foundation of god stands having the seal the lord knows who those who are his and everyone who names the name of the lord is to abstain from wickedness Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So let's talk about dealing with the other voices. This is what Paul's getting Timothy ready to prep for. Timothy's probably already doing it, but he needs to encourage him to do more. And so it's that dealing with the other voices are the opposition. And it's the opposition that in this, at this time, we're going to when we've turned to verse chapter three, we'll see the opposition of the world outside. But right now we're dealing with the opposition that's inside of the church, as it was mentioned there. Some have proclaimed that the second, that the Lord's already returned and it's messed things up. Imagine what that meant. We, we have a hard time dealing with how could they have believed that, but yet they did, yet they did. and so so he's trying to speak to those who are listening both to his voice and to voices that are outside of that, okay? So we're going to do a little leadership stuff here, a little leadership stuff. At IBSA, part of what I do, part of what I get to be part of, part of what we all get to be part of is the idea they have leadership training. And so in the leadership training, they talk about two components of leadership training. One is leading self. And the other is leading others. We're going to talk about leading self, all right? Paul deals with the expectations that Timothy has to have for himself as a leader. Anytime that we sit in a leadership position, there's expectations of us. Uh, it's not just lead others, we need to lead ourselves. We need to do a good job with ourselves uh, before we can do a good job with others, or along with that. And as we, as we progress, We'll also be learning how to help ourselves become better leaders after we become a leader. We'll constantly be on that path to improve what God is doing in us. So let's talk about the idea of presenting yourself. That's the first thing that Timothy, that Paul speaks to Timothy is the idea to present yourself. Presentation matters. You're going to go out for a job. We just read something that Daniel put together back when he was in high school, and it talked about... Present yourself for a job interview. It matters how you present yourself, and it matters how you present yourself as a leader in the church. I'll talk about that a little bit. He talks about being approved. All right, the idea of being approved. You have others have looked into you and said, "Hey, he can handle that position." Timothy or Paul has looked into Timothy's life, and what has he done? He said, Timothy, you are capable to take on this role, and I'm going to hand that baton off to you. But I've done some checking, and I've watched you work before when we were together in Ephesus. I've watched that work, so you stand approved. I'm sending you that stamp of approval on you. You are a workman. You are a workman. In other words, you're in the, in the scripture, you're in the word, you're studying, you're praying, you're actually doing the work of an event, you know, you're out there sharing the gospel, you're out there you're out there doing that work, you're the workman, accurately handling the word of God, accurately handling the word of God. That is of utmost importance. Because we can take God's word, and that's what the false teachers do, they still do it today. They take a little bit and twist it. And then all of a sudden it applies to you. That, that whole prayer of Jabez thing, yo, we're going to get rich. We take a little bit and we take it out of context and then we apply it to our lives. And that's what a false teacher does. Because what happens with a false teacher? What does a false teacher pray on? He prays on what, you th- what he, he knows you want. It's what advertising does today. All right? It's what advertising did today. I'm going to enjoy Christmas, and I'm going to enjoy the gifts that I'm going to get. But guess what? I don't need any of them, because I'm still surviving right now without all those things. Think about it, okay? But we're told that we need other stuff, right? So that's how it works, and that's how a false teacher works. And so we need to handle accurately the Word of God. That means we need to know what it says, we need to be studying what it says. We need to be living that out, not caught up in that worthless chatter, that avoiding the empty chatter, where we just take off and, and, and we, we argue about things. And, and I want to tell you that when I read this, oftentimes I think of back to my college days because they would often sit in the um, snack shack and they would debate theology, okay? And it got to be interesting at times. Sometimes I think we bordered on empty chatter. Okay, Now, as I talk about presenting yourself, presenting yourself years ago—I mean, years and years ago—when I was at Harmony, it was, it was um, there was there was a young lady, a mother in our in our congregation. She was visiting a family there. Now she was she had a Catholic baptism, so being in a Baptist church in the middle of no place was was not normal for her. Uh, so anyway. After service was over and I don't know dinner or something like that report a little bit later on and they said well he believes what he's preaching and I tell you what that to me was a compliment that I'll take it didn't line up with what she had been taught perhaps in places but yet I was lining up with the scripture so she saw that I was I believed in what I was preaching. And I hope that that still comes across, that I believe the Scripture that we're reading. When I'm, ta- when I'm talking about Paul speaking into Timothy, I, I want that in my life. I want that in your life. I want to I be Timothy. I want to be Paul. Okay, I want to be both aspects of this. I want, to, I want to learn how to present myself. I want to be a workman. I want, to, I want to know God's word. I want to stand up here knowing what God's word and then speak it to you, deliver it to you. I just get to be the, the, the deliverer. I'm the Amazon driver for God's word. Okay, I'm bringing it to your doorstep. Right, that's that's how it works. All right. So as he says that, he talks about also about because Paul's full of examples in chapter two. Remember, we started out with the soldier, uh, the athlete, and then the farmer. He uses that to talk about uh, our Christian walk and Timothy's Christian walk. And in this passage of scripture, as he's talking about Timothy as a leader, he's talking about a vessel of honor. And what he references is in in your house, you have containers. You got, I'm going to guess, if you hosted Thanksgiving, you got out containers that you forgot you had. Because they're the fine china, those glass things that you, they're really not good for anything else but serving gravy or putting butter on, right? You got that little butter platter out there with a lid on it. Why does a butter thing need a lid? But it needs a lid on Thanksgiving because it's a vessel of honor, right? It's, It's serving guests. And what you also have in your house are buckets that you use for mopping the floor. They mostly hold dirty water. Matter of fact, if I were to look at your bucket, it's probably got some remnants of the last time you mopped the floor in it, right? That glass butter dish doesn't. So as Paul explains that to Timothy, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? You want to be the vessel of honor. That's how Paul puts it to him, okay? You want to be the vessel of honor. So what that means you need to do is you need to clean yourself. How do I do that? I ask God because I can't scrub it off. I ask Jesus, 1 John 1, 9, if 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 we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's what I need to do. That's what Paul is encouraging Timothy to do. Cleanse yourself. Become that vessel of honor. Sanctify. That means set apart. That gravy dish that you got out for Thanksgiving that you put back up and you won't use till next time you have gravy, that is a set apart vessel. Okay? It has a purpose, a specific purpose. We want to be used by God for a specific purpose. Hopefully more than one time a year, right? But that's what we want to be. We want to be sanctified, set apart for God's service. And we want to be useful in God's work. We want to be useful in God's work. That's what he's talking about, that vessel of honor. Then he goes on to say, as we kind of intertwines in there, the idea of fleeing and pursuing. As a leader, we know this, Right? leaders make mistakes leaders sometimes fall because what they didn't flee and they didn't they pursued the wrong thing so what paul is saying to timothy is you need to flee those useful those youthful lusts those things that you got entwined in when you didn't know any better now you know better let's get it right Abstain from wickedness is what he's talking about later on. The idea that's that's fleeing from your from from sin. That's what we want to run away from. When the temptation opens the door, we walk through that in Proverbs, right? When the temptation opens the door for folly, folly opens the door, winks at you, waves money at you, puts a rec- whatever it is that, that, that that's your comfort zone, whatever it is, your weakness. Run. And run for your life. And that's the idea behind that. Run for your life. Flee from that enticement to sin. And here's what we're doing. Is we're not just running from sin. We're not just running from temptation. We're pursuing godliness. We're pursuing righteousness. We're pursuing the things of God. Love and peace. We're pursuing the fruits of the Spirit. That's what we, we look for. We run away from this, but we look for that which has eternal value. We, look at, we run away from the things that are not of God, and we run towards the things that God wants us to pursue, that godliness to, to be like Jesus. That's what he wants us to run after. So that's what he's telling Timothy. Uh, Correcting without quarreling is kind of the way that I word that. Do not be quarrelsome. How many of you um, like to win arguments? That's all of you, right? Me included. And, And so what happens oftentimes when we get in one of those discussions, it could be about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. We get in one of those discussions, and we want to win. It doesn't matter, really, but we wanna, what matters is that we win the argument. We get the last word in, and they, they finally admit and cower, and say, I'm wrong. You're right. That's what we go for. And usually what happens is that escalates. It starts out okay, but then pretty soon shouting's involved, and more shouting's involved, and more shouting's involved, and pretty soon it's louder than the TV for football on Thanksgiving. And It just gets out of hand. What Paul says to Timothy is that doesn't gain anything. Avoid that. I've talked about it before, but we did a study on Gregory Kukul's book called Tactics, and his his goal is not. To, and I love this because it may, I think of this when I when I when we when I read the scripture, I immediately thought of that, and I like I like the image that it gives. It's not the idea that you walk away, because he's debated some, some high-level high debates, okay, with atheists, etc. But the goal is not to win the argument. He said, what I want to do, and I love this picture, is I want to put a rock in their shoe, that as they go away, they, they are stuck thinking about what we just talked about. Neither one, but I put a rock in the shoe of that person that I I'm, that I'm, would normally quarrel with. And God's going to work with them as they continue to think about that, as they continue to struggle with that rock in their shoe. Because our goal is that they would seek repentance that they would, rather than us, force them to repent, that they would actually genuinely seek repentance. They would come to their senses, they would come to their senses and escape the hold the devil had on them. We know that, right? We know people whose lives, they may look very normal, but their lives, they're just held captive by Satan. How can we work in their lives so that they might escape that, throw off those chains. Let's talk about leading others. Talk about leading others. This is the idea of Paul is speaking into Timothy to help him develop into a leader. And as Paul goes away, as Paul hands that baton off to him, what happens? Timothy then becomes, comes into the seat that Paul occupies. Matter of fact, where Timothy's at in Ephesus, it's Timothy's job to lead others. So he's in that capacity. And so he's that, that, that instruction that he's giving to them. The idea of remind them, remind them. Paul talked about that treasure when he opened up in chapter 1, talked about their treasure. The thing that they've already learned. Remind them of what they learned. Remember what you've learned and pass that on. Understand here when you're when you're dealing with false teachers, you have to have a baseline to check it against. So if you understand the scriptures that you have been taught, then you when that fall when the guy comes to you and says, Hey, Jesus already came back. Wait a minute, let me check that out before I believe you. And you can check that out because you remember what you hold to. It's that idea of remembering the basics of our faith. When you got saved, what, was, what did it take? It wasn't a whole litany of things. You had to understand that you were a sinner. You had to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, and he's the only way to heaven. And then you had to ask him to be your Savior, in placing faith in him. That's as basic as it gets. You pray, you trust. You pray, you trust. So how do we do that? How do we continue to do that? So remind them of what they've already learned. Remind them of the truths of the gospel, the words of Jesus. Because guess what? Somebody else's words can't outweigh the words of Christ. Then he talks about giving examples. And we talked about that a little bit. As, a matter of fact, as we think about Timothy and present yourself, let's talk about being an example. You become the example. You want somebody to know how to live for Christ? Show them how to do it by living for Christ yourself. Think about that. And then Paul also cites two guys whose names Hymenaeus and Philitus or something like that, right? Uh, Phil and, and High, okay? We'll just sort their names up and call them by that. But ha- what happens? They are bad examples. As we give, here's what happens when you start getting caught up in all this, this weird speech and, and, and quarrels and, and, and empty chatter. And then pretty soon you've sat around the coffee table and, and 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 had too many cups of coffee, and all of a sudden Jesus has come back. But he hasn't. You see that these guys, what happened is they got caught up in the empty chatter, they got caught up in those things that appeal to themselves, and pretty soon now they're teaching false doctrine. They're teaching the false teaching is out there. Because they'd get caught up in that. And that's a bad example. And as a matter of fact, what, it says, what Paul says is their talk spread like gangrene. In other words, it spread lap, rapidly and it was not good nor pretty. That's not what you want to be. So as you speak into them, help them understand what it means to be a follower of Christ so they don't get caught up in the false teaching. Help them understand what's the truth, what's not the truth. Because when they buy into truth, well, here's what can happen. But if you'll do like I'm trying to do, I'm not perfect, but if you'll do like I'm trying to do, we'll be on the right path there. And that idea of gently correcting. I read an article, and I won't go into detail because that would be chasing a rabbit. But essentially, it it gave an example of this. Here's, Here's what we look at. We can't win that argument by screaming at them. They're not where we are at. But what we need to do is to work on that gentle correcting, having the patience. When that boy showed up to play Little League, guess what? He wasn't Mark McGuire. But I wasn't whoever the coach was at the time for the Cardinals. So it is taking them from where they're at and knowing that it's a long, hard road ahead to get them to the place where they can become the next leader. But it is that gently correcting them, working them to that place and having the patience and the endurance with them To get them to that. So as we walk through this, as Paul's walking through speaking in to Timothy, as we think about what that looks like to us. So, what's that look like to me? What's that look like to you? Where do I fall in the spectrum? Hopefully, in both places. Because you're providing leadership. What's it mean to lead yourself? All right, what's it mean to get yourself ready, to present yourself as a workman, all of those things. And what does it mean to those that you are leading? How can I be a better leader? By being a better person myself, by being more godly myself, by seeking God out. Then I want to pour into others because I want their lives to be changed as my life. If I'm Timothy, I'm saying, man. I want, to be, I want to do to somebody else. I want to pour into somebody else, else's life so, my life so their lives can be transformed like my life was transformed under Paul. Right? How Paul did everything he could to draw me and get, to get me to a better place in my Christian walk. I want to go over here and I want to work with John or Jim or Joe and I want to get them to a better place as they serve God. This week, what are we going to do with what we just looked at this week? When you look at this, when you read back over it, what do do I want you to do with it? Here's the one, I'm going to go with one action step again today, and this is it, okay? This isn't a tomorrow thing, but yet it is. So at the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I want you to think about this. Where along the way... Did you do some gentle correcting? Okay, Review your week to find the moment you gently corrected. Because guess what? As you deal with your brother and sister in Christ this week, as you deal with them, as you, as you fellowship with them, as you have a conversation with them, there's a chance that they probably need some gentle correcting. Maybe it might be your own self. You can write that down too. But I want you to think about how, when you, when you see, have you, have you seen somebody that's an error, and not did anything? We've done that, right? But what Paul's asking Timothy to do is not to walk away and do nothing, but it's to come alongside and do some gentle correcting. And that's what I want you to have that opportunity to do. Look at how you can do that. It's not a victory that we're winning, How can we just gently nudge them in the right direction away from the false teaching? We're going to stand, we're going to sing, and I'm going to give an invitation. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've not accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you don't know what that means, you don't know what that means. I want to give you the invite to come as we sing This is how this kind of works. As we sing, it's an invitation for you to come down and you can talk with me. I can pray with you. You can pray with one of the deacons. You can pray with somebody that's sitting beside you in the pew. But we can talk to you about salvation. It might be that you want to pray for the person that you know needs some gentle correcting. And you know that you have been afraid to say anything. But God, I want you to give me the strength to speak into their life this week. God, I need some gentle correcting. Help me to flee from wickedness and to pursue what you have before me. Maybe that you've been called to preach or go on mission. Whatever it is that God is speaking in your heart, know that we will pray with you, we will pray for you. Let's stand. Come, thou
0: wondrous mystery of a king he the theme of heaven's praises robed in frail humanity in our longing in our darkness now the light of life has come look to Christ who condescended took on flesh to ransom us come behold the wondrous mystery he the perfect son of man It is living in his suffering never trace nor stain of sin see the true and better adam come to save the hell man christ the great and sure fulfillment of the law in him we stand
1: father we thank you for your word Father, help us, Lord. There's so much in there. Father, help us to to understand it. Father, more than that, help us to apply it to our lives, that our lives might be transformed as you work through your word. Father, go with us as we leave this place, Lord. Help us to be a light to this world. Guide us and help us to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So a couple things before we walk out of here. Here's the have you read for this week. Uh, numbers, Isaiah, Romans, and John's, where we're reading from. Encourage you to read along. Change, reading scripture changes who you are. Uh, so that's why we're doing that. So we encourage you to do so. Wednesday night, come back. We'll do prayer and share. That means you can share some of the things that you've learned. And then on Thursday, I encourage you, we've got a good, great group showing up out at the food pantry and and let love to see that happening. And so know that we get to do that again this week. And uh, that's from 9 to 11 on Thursday morning. And then we'll see you back here next Sunday morning. All right. So thank you guys. Have a good day.